Welcome to the 3XG podcast with me, Connell, and Jeff. Welcome back, guys. <laughs> good, to, good to see everyone again. Yeah. So we're going to kick off this week with, in our usual fashion, talking about the best XG of the week. Slight plot twist, though, isn't there? I'm going to take it. There you go. There we go. And Ethan is going to get them all bang on, <laughs> as he did at the weekend when we were predicting shots for the derby. But we didn't get that on recording, so yeah. it's irrelevant. Ethan spent way too much time researching XG. That's the point of the argument. I love it. <laughs> he does. He does. Okay. And I'm going to prove it now. We're going to go with the highest first. So... At least let me go first. Yeah, well, give, well, give me a chance. Well, I'll let, let go first. first one. And then just for clarity's sake, all of these were taken from FOTMOB. Ooh, so everyone knows. That's throwing me off a bit. I usually go Twitter. Well, if there's any differences, then XG is a flawed stat. You know? <laughs> everyone should be a universal stat. Like everyone has their own XG, like everyone has their own bike. They still go the same way. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good analogy. Yeah. Um, so the highest of the week... Um, could be, I think I'll go for a boring one and just say Tottenham Hotspur. Okay. Is that right? <laughs> no, I'm going to let you guess. Yeah, I did um, Newcastle. Newcastle, okay. Um, Connell, you were correct. I was correct. Oh, with Tottenham Hotspur. I well, couldn't pick Spurs. Who, who's going to guess what it was? Oh, 2.34. Okay. I haven't seen the match. I'm just going off memory here. Two point eight six. Not quite. Two point five five. We're in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. In between the two. I was a bit closer. Uh, <laughs> just, just for like the the other two highest scoring teams on XG, Villa and Palace. Yeah, Villa result was a bit of a. We don't give little shout outs, Jeff. <laughs> Either you got the highest XG or you didn't. You're not, you're not first or last. <laughs> very, very impressed. Villa got two point three two and Palace got two point four. So big XG's coming out of them. Yeah. Good good things about Palace and XG coming up, but yeah, the Villa game was a real surprise, wasn't it? The result against Southampton, because Southampton have been topping the XG or getting close. Southampton to were missing two key players though, weren't they? Yeah, Salisu. You said that to me. <laughs> Salisu, yeah, who's one of their centre halves. I just I didn't watch that game either, but um I just read that that was a big factor. They said they just looked so open at the back, which obviously then, as you see, Villa had one of the highest XGs. So were they missing the better Carl Walker as well? He was or on the bench. Play? I remember thinking he was on but the bench. But he didn't, didn't play. He didn't play. Yeah. yeah. So that was an interesting one. Yeah. So Southampton, let's see. They, they can go through patches of being poor. So mm-hmm. let's hope we see them back near the top again. Okay. Lowest. We'll take. Well, Ethan, where did you go this time? Oh, I know who this is. Everton. Okay. Connell. Where am I wrong? Yeah, I did watch that game last night, and it could be them, but I'll, for the sake entertainment yeah. purposes, I'll go with someone else. Um, let me think. Um, go with Southampton. Interesting. Uh, Ethan, you were right. Everton <laughs> with a measly zero point two nine. I thought it was two two for some reason. It's not great. No. Not, not no. far off in fairness. Are um, Everton gonna go down? Looks like it, yeah. Well, don't looks no. like it, but I I don't think they were. They were will. very hasty to get rid of Rafa Benitez, but, and then hire and then hire a mediocre manager. We but, said it on the pot one of our someone previous. with no experience yeah. in the situation that they're in. 
Like it was like, oh, let's. It's like Frank Lampard. Someone you get to shake things up to kind of let's try something new. Like you know, a villain at the start of the season yeah. when he has three months to no, work with his team. Backs up against the walls, and there's a, it seems like a team of players that don't seem too interested in trying. I have like, no affiliation to the club whatsoever, except for Seamus Coleman, who apparently played really badly. Oh, the whole the, the back four for Everton was. Is was Jamie Carragher said his championship back that four? That was before Michael Is that Keane came right? off. Or that was before Michael Keane came off for Brandwade at halftime. <laughs> I think Brandwade and Holgate centre halves with uh, John Joe Kenny left back and Coleman right back. That's you they finished you the watched the full game, yeah? Yeah. Was it like Jamie Carragher said, a championship back four? The standard was, yeah. Like Spurs, Spurs can make, as you saw from the City game a couple of weeks ago, Spurs can make a lot of defences look weak. But even Pickford like was making a mistake. Like it was just they were so disorganised. I don't know if Jeff, you'd watched the highlights today. You said, like, for remember the last goal that Kane got? I just found that so interesting. That Doherty, as we'll get to in a minute, he could lead into this, but Doherty played a lovely true ball over the top to Kane, which at the time, like, cross field, bang. And then you watch, like, the, you know, they obviously check for offsides. You watch it, and there's Holgate, there's the Everton back three, as you'd say, that were left. Three yards, Kane, another three yards, Holgate. And he's, like, there. So Kane is, like, making his run across the pitch. And Holgate is just sitting over there about six yards behind everyone else. <laughs> Why are they so bad? Bad management by the looks of things. The, or the, or, the organisation seems really bad. Like it, in general, they, they didn't seem to have like from the bits that I saw, I didn't get to see the whole game, but they um they just look poorly organised. Frank like, Lampard's teams always look poorly defensively organised. I go against, I think he's okay, but I remember watching the Chelsea games that he used to manage, especially at the start. They were like basketball games. They were so end to end. Do you remember Matt Derby in the was it the playoffs or just before the playoffs? Yeah. And his teams were conceding like three or four goals a game. <laughs> remember they they played United and it turned out to be a really poor United team in the end because Mourinho got sacked. It wasn't it Mourinho and they lost four mm. 0 to United. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, I and it was the same kind of situation where there was midfielders getting the ball and playing it over the top and there were defenders all over the shop like there's no organisation five Chelsea players were up in their own half I remember for one of the United goals that's just ridiculous that's like. bonkers like that's crazy um, and what was Seamus Coleman like out of interest I heard it's hard to notice because what age is he 33 33 34 mm. it was hard to, pick, to kind of isolate him I know obviously for being Irish the interest but you know the whole like the whole team was a shambles. Like uh, you wouldn't even know Alan and Decore were playing. Like they just it was it was very very easy for Spurs to create chances. Um. So yeah, they seem to hit them on the break a lot as well. As, there as was no see. cover at all. Which you think with Alan there would be a decent midfielder to kind of sit in front of the back four and just offer a bit of cover. But didn't seem to be anything. Do you both call him Alan? Yeah. I just call him Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Two L's there. <laughs> <laughs> Alan. 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 <laughs> well, anyway, out of interest, Everton was 0.29 XG. Second lowest scoring team on XG, which I, I thought was an interesting one. Did anyone want to take a guess? Man United? No. Just the 0.00. Um, Norwich? No. Leicester? Oh, I saw oh, I this. Saw that, yeah, <laughs> Why didn't we say it then? <laughs> I saw this and it's because we were all in the same chat that we're yeah. <laughs> 0.34 for Leicester. And Leeds had something like 1.7 or something. Yeah, theirs was high. But like obviously Leicester still won, so it doesn't really matter. But just interesting to see. Like, Does it not matter, Jeff? Does it not matter? Well, in, 
for Leicester now. Ethan shaking in his boots over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Why are Leicester? And I watched I watched half of this game. And Leeds looked fantastic, but they were I was like, they're still kind of conceding chances. Yeah. Which they were. Vardy was running ragged for about 20, 25 minutes. I, I didn't see any of the goals. But after that, it must have been very quiet and Leicester must have got look, lucky. Leicester can't keep going on like this. That's we are talking game. week after week about Leicester underperforming. This is going to catch up on them. They were so He was stretching their, their back four a lot. Like yeah. some things you wouldn't see on match of the day or whatever. Yeah, but they were, he was stretching them a lot and he had some good chances and he was creating chances. Really Brendan Rodgers play, really nice build a play but Brendan Rodgers often in the final third like needs someone like a Jamie Vardy or a Luis Suarez or uh, Moussa Dembele who he had in Celtic and Scott Sinclair was kind of creative in that Celtic team for like six seven months on Leeds their XG was 1.97 yeah they had 19 shots yeah to Leicester's seven so, I mean, there's a lot of big chances for That's money in the well. bank like, for them. Schmeichel, Schmeichel, you know, performing like he did in 15-16. Hey, here, here. Yeah, he made some big saves. So, it, there was a lot of good chances for Leeds and them as well, you know. It's money in the bank for Leeds. Yeah. Um. Anyway, move on to what Colin was talking about earlier with Matt Doherty. A bit of a resurgence lately. Colin, do you want to discuss him? Just, You're a big as, fan. Yeah, just think as, as Irish... Fans, we, so we should be excited about when he doesn't play ahead of Seamus Coleman now in the next game. But. We're slowly moving towards a League of Ireland podcast. But, um, start. But, um, no, That's one half of the audience gone. <laughs> uh, from the last two league games, Matt Doherty's gone from someone who just seemed like just going to get thrown to the side to being quite an important player for Spurs' attack. I know Spurs, as they always do, will probably lose their next game and everyone will change <laughs> 900 players again. But but he, they, he came in for Emerson, who had been very poor, and he's just like two of his assists yesterday um, or on Monday for class. And then his goal got a goal. Like he arrives really well in the box in attacking situations. Like I think maybe why Spurs weren't getting the most out of him with Mourinho was because they tried him in a back four and he just, it just doesn't work. That doesn't suit him. Like yeah. he's, he's always been a, a wing back. He's, he's never worked in a back four like when he's flourished really like remember that the couple of seasons that he had with Wolves oh, yeah, like he's getting he was excellent five six goals a season you know yeah and he's kind of that kind of form he looked at it and it wasn't like you know fortunate like assists like you know where you can imagine Doherty passing it to Son and he goes and scores a goal and you're like oh he got an assist but it was actually really well clinical, clinical. Yeah. Like, uh, he really put you know he really gave Spurs a good chance good attack and threat like helped him why do you think Doherty is playing well now I think he's he kind of has <laughs> it's a weird thing to say but he's ahead of a confidence player and uh, maybe Conte came in and showed a bit of faith in him because he had been bringing him on more often if you look at like his minutes this season like under Nuno like he just wasn't getting any minutes like you know he wasn't playing he really favoured Emerson who even Angus my brother who's a Spurs fan was saying Emerson is like the worst player like why is he still playing and then <laughs> you then, stuck by him through thick and thin I don't know why he was still playing and then Doherty um Never wasn't even getting a chance, and maybe Conte has kind of put him under his shoulder and said, "You know what? We were going to give you a chance. You have like five games. You know he doesn't feel like he's under pressure." Do you reckon he'll be a five ten games player? You know he'll come in five ten games, and you'll see him off in the summer, fifteen million, wherever. I don't know. 
oh, I think Emerson is probably quicker out the door because like Doherty, they were trying to get rid of him. Could be an overhaul at Spurs. Yeah, easily, there was rumors that he was going to go to Wolves. Wasn't there again? Yeah. But I mean, in his last two, uh, last three games, he's got three assists, a goal, and two man the matches. And It'd be brilliant. The, the yeah. like the middle game there was a cup game against Middlesbrough. Jeff, you said earlier that he only can. He's not like a. He can only play. He can't play in a back four. Should he be more adaptable though, as a player? He's thirty already though, which is mad. I saw that the other day. Yeah, yeah, he's thirty. Um, yeah. I mean, the, there's elements of like. <laughs> I'm, good, I'm sure he's adaptable and he can play. He's thirty. He's thirty. Yeah. He's setting his ways in a three. He's setting his ways at a three-five-two. Then, yeah. out of all the positions to be suited to, like it's just like, yeah, I'm a right wing back. Right, right mid as well, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. Right mid, he doesn't work either. No, it's right wing back specifically. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't do well. Anyway. I, I think it's just more on the defensive end. Like he's he's probably a bit better further up the pitch. So, like he's he's all right defending in the wide area, but in a back four, you have to defend a bit more narrow. Yeah. So that probably hasn't struggled a bit because his running and stuff would be slightly different where he has to go out to go up while playing as a wing back. He can stick to the touchline. It's not the full package like Trent. Yeah. And the, so. big, the big thing as well. I haven't seen Trent playing a back. Four. <laughs> <laughs> he that, actually did once and he was, he was terrible. played centre mid for England when they played a back He played centre mid actually in a back five or really, yeah, three, three five two five. and he played centre mid and Joe Gomez I think played right wing back. <laughs> And he was he was terrible. Joe, <laughs> Joe Gomez gets put in lots of positions. It's unfair. Anyway, we're I going just, on about Doherty. Go on. Yeah, there's the finish on that point as well, Dad, about like Doherty and we obviously said that his attacking ability is his biggest asset. In like the last two teams he's played for, and now more recently, um Conte with they play Heuberg and Bententecore in there who are both holding mids. So he gets more license. A bit more leeway, yeah. Uh, and then you know, when with Wolves, they were just defensive in general. I think Spurs need to be a bit more defensive. I think that's just the only way they need to shore up their game. Yeah. Also, just to finish on this point, Matt Doherty got a 9.0 Fatma Brady. One of the best uh, acknowledgements mm-hmm. one can get. Absolutely. I, I think he's flying at the moment. Just make sure he keeps it up now. Stephen Kenny signed a new Ireland contract today, so... Yeah, but he only has about two more years of Matt Doherty, so <laughs> <laughs> about six months left of him. If you get him for a few friendlies in the Nations League game, then it'll be done. <laughs> okay, we're moving on to our Donny Van de Tweet of the Week, um, where we t- dis- we send tweets into our group chat on Twitter, Colonel Jeff and me, and we pick our best tweet of the week and we talk to you guys about it on our podcast this tweet big shout out to the xg philosophy picked by Connell this week xg philosophy ripping off our brand um was yeah there you go games won on xg this season 14 for arsenal 15 for brighton tottenham west ham 16 for brentford 17 for Chelsea, Crystal Palace, and Manchester United. 21 for Liverpool, and 26 for Norwich. No, Manchester City. <laughs> Con, I believe you have a few notes for us. Um, yeah, I said since I was the one that sent it in and created this great content for you guys. And you were on the Twitter page. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the XG philosophy. Um, but yeah, no, as you said, that's the top 10 the Premier League on XG 
which um, one thing I actually wish I'd checked up is how many of them are actually in the top 10. I think there is um, maybe seven, seven of them. So Brentford aren't. Crystal Palace. Yes. Are. Brighton aren't. And Brentford uh, aren't. That's it then, just the two of them. Brentford and so, Brighton. And one of them, you Brighton, you'd really expect to finish in the top 10. Yeah, they, they've been on a bit of a slide recently. But um, yeah, it's interesting, the top 10, it, it's not too far off. The actual top 10, I think, I just looking at Southampton and Wolves are the only teams in the top 10 that aren't reflected in yeah, that. they're con artists, clearly. <laughs> they're beating the system. <laughs> yeah, for now. But, um, <laughs> as uh, as main, the main reason I wanted to talk about this was the fact that Man City are so far ahead, which, you know, even that means they're obviously the best team in the league by country miles. By five games. Five games. Sounds about right, yeah. So I wonder if the t- either of yourselves can guess so City played 28 games, they've won 26 on XG. And, and just for context, if t- if Man City won a game 1.6 XG to 1.54, that counts as a win. It doesn't have to be 2-1. It doesn't have to be rounded up. You just need to have more. So can either of you guys guess the two games this season which Man City did not beat the opposition on XG? Brentford. Nope. I was so confident. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brighton. No. To give to give guys a clue, but neither of these Man City didn't win either of these games. They Southampton? No. Who else they lose to? Oh, oh Spurs. Nope. So lost to Spurs. City have been terrible this season. <laughs> I think you've basically picked the only teams that have got results against them. But didn't say that they lose, they've got results against them. Results against them. West Ham? No. Liverpool? Yep. Okay. Liverpool and Anfield. No, it was like one point seven to one point six. Depends where you look. Yeah. Oh, you're right, actually. Yeah, you're right. That that is correct. Yeah, I thought it was the other way around. And because I, I remember making excuses, being like, "It's it's the same. Yeah. It's the same." I think that was a half time. Was like, "It's the same." It was a one point seven one to one point six two or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know Liverpool were ahead. So, yeah. so as I said, like City technically have well, I don't know. They haven't lost a game if you got the whole numbers. So the other one as well is very close, um, but they didn't get result. Well, the game. I think it was that City lost on XG. And they... Mm, are they in this one table? Yeah. Was it Chelsea? No. No, because they didn't, they didn't... They beat Chelsea twice this year. Oh, yeah. I remember the Arsenal game that they won, but Arsenal were killing them until the very end. Yeah, no, man. That, I, that yeah. Was, I, I picked... When I was going through it, I picked certain games. It wasn't thought, Crystal Palace. Yeah. That's just what I was... In the nil all? Crystal Palace beat them 2-0. Yeah. Do you remember that? Right at the start of the season, wasn't it? Yeah. In, in the Etihad. Vieira Masterclass. I was in a bar in Greece and Man <laughs> City in, in... Georgia e- Samaras's bar in Greece. In EOS, <laughs> um, soaking in the sun. And I remember Liverpool beat Crystal Palace. Sorry, Liverpool played Crystal Palace that day. Man City drew with Southampton. Sorry. That's a different game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will be. Uh, the XG in that game, I think, from football, but it might be different on the XG one. There was only 0.01 in it. I think it was 0. Point, just going to be fun. 0.69 for Palace and 0.68 for Man City. So it wasn't like a Palace created a lot of chances. They just kept a stranglehold on City and then were clinical, you know. Just to correct Connor's poor use of language there, it's foot mob, not foot mob. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, but that's how football works sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. The better team wins. 
Or in other terms, the uh, the team with the most XG wins. It's interesting about the two teams, Palace and Brentford, like who both have, you know, it's only seven wins and 17 and 16, I think, in, in the tweet. Yeah. 16 and 17, yeah. The biggest underperformance. So, so if Brentford went down, would it, would it disregard our our whole podcast and, and livelihood? This- and if they stay up, then we have to put money on both and finish top four next year. Well, Brentford, oh, that's the way it's looking. <laughs> <laughs> Brentford have actually only won seven games this season in the league. Jeff, uh, you don't get XG, do you? <laughs> you don't get no, it. I'm just saying. They're putting money in the bank, okay? But they've rewarded Thomas Frank with a new contract. And we, and we right discussed so. at the start that they base his performance yeah. off XG. So like, They should give him a statue outside <laughs> for the amount of XG he's got. Basically, Alex. Right? I want to be paid in XG, okay? <laughs> but Vieira's doing a really good job, surprisingly, as well. With, uh, Not yeah, as good as Thomas Frank. I, uh, he, no, same. he is. He's won more games. Yeah. No, no, they've won the same amount of games. No, nope, they've won more XG games, though. They've won more XG games. Just about. Yeah. Cool, no, XG means nothing. <laughs> it's all about real, concrete results. But it, like that, that's fairly interesting, though, that they've won the same amount of games. Obviously, like Palace have drawn double. The amount that Brentford have, Brentford have drawn six, I've drawn twelve, but just shows the the difference. Like they're that close on XG, that the underperformance from Brentford is just serious. Like now we are moving on to the graveyard. So the graveyard for our new viewers to the podcast, or listeners even viewers soon when we go into YouTube. The graveyard is signings big signings big transfers that didn't quite work out or didn't work out at all and got in our view removed to the graveyard we do not use big signings like felipe coutinho to barcelona not aston villa but we are but we are um this week is an interesting one and one close to Cunnell's heart David Bentley. No, only joking. We'll, <laughs> get, to, we'll we... get to him one week. <laughs> yeah, he's coming up. We just need to decipher whether that transfer fee of 14 million was enough. <laughs> um, Wilfrey Boney. Move the City Connor. What happened? I think, from my point of view, from... From watching it close up just before, just after you moved from Chelsea to City, <laughs> what happened? I'm still getting over the Shevchenko transfer. <laughs> <laughs> That got, hadn't gone too well. Um, and I think I've always said Pellegrini was just a terrible manager, as as you can see from his time at West Ham. It, he he's so a Premier League. His ratio of yeah, because he, he he won with Mancini's team that got left behind, you know. But won a Premier League with Negredo up front. His transfers were all was fairly poor. Like yeah. So um, the bony one was I think he genuinely City weren't doing well. He bought into that kind of Paul Merson esque punditry of City need a big man up top he'll win them games he'll score them goals when it's like no we, we play a completely different style and he just went and said let's buy the best target man in the Premier League at the time and it was probably Wilfred Bunny for 30 35 million 30 million 29.07 million and he, he good stats at Swansea do you want to know what his transfer value is now is he, where is he playing then we'll, find, um, we'll get to that point. in the Netherlands not too bad but yeah just, he just wasn't suited great to great time wasn't suited to City style of play. I think it was a panic buy by Pellegrini. He was, you know, there's 
a lot of city managers they get basically blank checks as as you know yeah um, and he was just dangerous giving, dangerous giving him a blank check because he just wasn't making a lot of right decisions with with those transfers so it, it was a good summary of, of his but he was just Trying to get a stats up here. His career was ruined by that transfer, really. Like, yeah. He was a good Premier League striker beforehand. So when he joined City, now just bear with me now, for however much, 29.07 million. Okay. He had 20 appearances that season, yeah? With uh, Swansea in the league. Nine goals and two assists. It's all right, isn't it? bottom half club is not yeah. bad, yeah. Now, when Liverpool signed Andy Carroll for thirty-five million, and people went, "Wait, what? You know, wait a second. He scored twenty-two goals in the Championship season before twenty-year-olds. That's not bad. You know what I mean? That would raise a few eyebrows and be like, okay, that's interesting. Not get people mad interested, but get them keen. Andy Carroll had eleven goals in seventeen games then for Newcastle. For Newcastle. Now, granted, five, five or six years prior as well, so that was worth a lot more. At the exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's probably the but same this kind is, of caliber. Like this was still a big sign. Like this was oh, a lot of yeah. money at the time. You know yeah. what I mean? He, he did score seventeen and thirty-four the season before. Yeah, that's good. Seventeen Premier League goals for Swansea. Yeah, it's not hard or as easy as come. No. Now, let me just. So a goal or an assist every hundred and eighteen minutes that season. Let me check. Get the season before, Jeff. What is it? 13-14? Yep. Okay. Um, 17 goals, 4 assists in 34 games. I'll give him all the games because he did Europa League qualifying as well. I'll give him all the games. 26 goals and 7 assists. But we do need to... Mm -hmm. 3 goals in the FA Cup, 3 goals in the Europa League. A goal and assist every 107 minutes. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. For Swansea as well. For Swansea, yeah. That's very good. Is it a case though like Andy Carroll, where the team is built completely around one player and it is to serve one player. Andy Carroll at Newcastle, Suarez at Liverpool, Boney at Swansea. I think I think the thing Messi at Barcelona. I think the difference though with Boney is like he was signed not to be a starter. He was like a backup. In Swansea? He, no, oh you're talking about Swansea I'm saying when yeah. he went to Man City and that's probably where the, the change happened for him where he had to Bide his time and be patient, and then you know he was never, he was never going to be the main man. It was such a weird transfer, like yeah. it just it was never seemed like a, a sensible transfer. But when they City. when they bought him, it was like okay, it was like let's see what he can do. <laughs> yeah, but he just never seen. You know, there's some strikers you watch and you think he could make that step up to a top six club. Never I never looked at him. Yeah, I thought never that. thought that he could do that. You know. I thought he'd be good maybe at a struggling, like, say, a Spurs team who are looking to break into the top five or six or a Liverpool yeah, team looking to break like into that, the top like, five or six. He's not going to bring it to a You know when you looked at Darren or... Bent, Jermaine Defoe, and you're like, yeah, go on. You know, like, I want go Liverpool on. to take a gamble. And, you know, it's like, mm. buy Defoe or buy Darren Bent. Just let him try and score us. You'll get goals. Like when Liverpool signed Benteke, it was like, yeah. okay, you're going to score 10 goals to 15 goals a season. We don't have that really outside Steven Gerrard, who was 30 nine at the time he wasn't actually 35 but same age as Matt Doherty <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so it was a situation where it's like yeah buy them then but City were going for the league yeah no, was... maybe City bought them maybe there's something we don't know maybe City bought them so someone else couldn't have them money launder not what I had in mind <laughs> but yeah <laughs> so, uh, it's also fun where he ended up he, ended, he trained with Newport for a while 
remember those pictures going around. It's probably not on his thing, but he, it was because he Swansea released him. Or oh yeah, and he obviously Newport's still in Wales, so Newport let him train. Well, remember just That's seeing mad. pictures of that, and I I looked it up earlier just to double check. I wasn't imagining it, <laughs> <laughs> and it was there was a thing he did train with Newport. He went. I feel like I remember something. Like he that went to Stoke yeah. on loan, didn't he? Yeah. Do you think it was a case of now look not quality lost obviously confidence down that can definitely play a role but do you think it was a case of he goes to Stoke or he goes to Swansea and it's like you're here on borrowed time whether he's at Stoke because he's on loan and he went to Swansea I think permanently after City uh yeah he went back to Swansea Did he go on permanently or was it loan remember the I, I, I no, know remember remember the video Swan, Swansea song oh, yeah. come on everybody <laughs> score some goals for Swansea do you think it was a case of you're only here returning like when Robbie Keane went back to Spurs it was like yeah so you're happens. back here it's we're not building a team around you well. but they don't do as well yeah, because the big, team's not built around them anymore it's a nostalgic transfer it's like oh we'll give you another chance you know yeah but um, the team's not going to be built yeah, around yeah, you like let's hope you catch fire again but it's not really a we're not we're not gonna put any eggs. We, we, in we didn't basket. we didn't make a list of strikers and you were at the top. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like, you know what, you were available. It's like when Robbie Keane went back to Spurs yeah. from Liverpool. It's it was like, like you're having back. Thanks. <laughs> didn't yeah. work out here look. We've got the yeah. phone crouch now though. Yeah. Fun fact I met Wilfred Boney before. Did you? I did when I was over in Stoke. In Coppers. <laughs> <laughs> Last Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Paying for Shamrock Rovers. <laughs> <laughs> playing Blue Bell. That'd be fantastic. We'll yeah. be leaving on that point then. Yeah, he's Boney. playing for Nick Nijmegen in the Netherlands after a stint in, in Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Arabia. He's only 33, lads. He can do him, it again. Bring him back to Swansea. Younger than Matt Doherty. He can <laughs> do it again. And his picture on our Instagram post is going to kill this week. <laughs> People are going to be listening like Who that. Is that? Yeah. Have to get in a Man City jersey as well. You can't be Swansea. I disagree. <laughs> I'll meet you in the middle. We'll go Stoke. <laughs> Or VAT's Iron Ham. Oh, I v- think it's Cameron Jerome or something. V- VAT's Iron Ham. I'll get the picture of that I have of him and put it up. Just have a copyright. In <laughs> Okay. That's it from us uh, today, guys. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Yeah, We're going to go and watch Paris Saint-Germain versus Real Madrid. Brought to the coach. If you Follow want to. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram, yeah. yeah. Listen to the podcast, please. Yeah, listen to the podcast first. Well, listen to the next one as well. Yeah. listen to them all <laughs> go and listen to them all we'll do a little sound bite for you as well one day when we get big enough so to finish off guys we actually are on social media our social media manager Conal O'Shea uh, twin brother of Conal O'Shea on the podcast runs the social media they're both named Conal it's Carlo I know strange Conal tell us what your brother has in store for us on Instagram uh, we just we just have an Instagram where you can get uh, updates on our podcast and get little clips hopefully eventually of of the podcast to get an idea of what we talk about so give it a follow and we will soon be on tiktok as well so stay tuned for that yeah and follow the e-coach subscribe e-coach club